You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 87, Five Feng Shui Basics. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So today we wanted to talk about five feng shui basics because I don't know about you, Laura, but I've noticed that people are getting a lot more interested in their homes during this time, right? Yeah, I think there's not only getting more interested in their home and their space, but really trying to understand uh, things on a little bit of a deeper level. So, you know, the idea of energy, the idea of how things make you feel, how important all of that is. And I think just the engagement's been really high. We've just had a lot of questions. And so we thought, what if we took it back to basics for today? And we talk about some pretty cool stuff. We go to, we talk, you know, Reiki and, you know, moon energy and flowers, but we thought, you know, today, why don't we go back to basics and really focus on five concepts or ideas or terms that you might have heard. And we'll just kind of give you a little definition of what they mean. Yeah. I think it's really helpful, especially because now people are becoming more sensitive to their homes because you're just, you're simply spending more time at home. So you actually start to tune in to those energies more and you feel it more. And so it's always helpful to review the basics. No one's too experienced to know the basics. Really, we're all students. We all begin again from the beginning. It's helpful for everyone. So if you know this stuff, I think it's a great refresher and also to hear the concepts from our perspective. And then for the newbies, we wanted to give them some foundation. So foundation, fundamental concepts. And again, you know, Angie, as you said, this is our perspective. It's also from our feng shui school's perspective and our lineage. And we'll keep it pretty top line, but I think it, it'll be, you know, it's just, it's, as you said, it's good to go back to basics. It's good to get the beginner's mind again. Okay. Well, why don't we start with the fundamental concept, I think the most, one of the most basic concepts and ideas around feng shui and that is chi. So we talk about energy a lot and energy is a really big topic, obviously, but when we're talking about specifically with feng shui, we use the word chi and chi can be spelled many ways. We spell it QI, it can be CH. I can be CH apostrophe I, old school, but we spell it QI and it really is the unseen energy that flows, basically flows through all living things. I like to call it a cosmic breath. I read that once and I thought that was such a great reference to it. It's, it really is this otherworldly unseen energy that permeates through our spaces, but also through us. And in feng shui, what we do is we channel it and we harness it and we try and enhance it so that we can better our lives and our homes, and our families, et cetera. So that's number one, chi. 
Yeah. Oh, can I add something to that? Yes, please do. Because I was on this radio show earlier this week and I think it was geared towards the general public. Mm-hmm. And so I was asked, well, how do you know if this chi or energy is off in your home? And I thought that was a great question. So the way I brought it back was to say, all of us have this innate intuition to perceive this energy. So Laura and I really emphasize this with our students, but we don't want you to think that you need to be psychic or super like, yeah, empath. You don't, all of us have this innate ability to tap into our intuition And so if you think about when you first saw the home that you live in now, you knew right away like yes or no. You know, you can, anyone can feel that like I like how it feels here or I don't like how it feels here. And you could think about like if you went into a hotel room or something, you knew like, oh, this feels really great or I don't know if I feel comfortable here. Mm -hmm. So all of us have that innate ability and you don't need to have any special psychic abilities. It's not about that. And even feng shui, although there may be people that are more empathic or can feel more energies, that's not like Laura and I aren't like that. It's actually a system of knowledge and wisdom that gives you the tools to see how to interpret the signs. So it's not that Laura and I are psychic or know how to read your energy, but we know how to read the feng shui, which tells us about your energy. And I would also add to that, that there is a level of awareness. And so a lot of the practice that we teach our students and that we do, Angie, has a lot to do with meditating, Mm -hmm. cultivating your own chi so that you are strong and you're able to see, like observe and not be all up in your head and freaking out. And I mean, that's what meditation is about. It's really about being able to be in the moment and really see what's going on. So part of that becoming aware and then having that perception and that ability to see being more objective and being aware and then applying those tools that we've learned. Yeah, that's how how it works. It's great. Yeah, that's why we called our school the Mindful Design Feng Shui School because not a lot of people realize that Feng Shui is a mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna. Can I ask you to tell us about yin and yang, Angie? Sure. So, yin and yang is a philosophy that comes from Taoism. So, it's very, a very old system of looking at the natural world and the world that we live in. And it began as early as the fourth century BC. And the idea is that yin and yang are two interdependent primordial forces that are working together. So they're separate, but the same. So if any of you remember or can think, can visualize the yin yang symbol or also called the Tai Chi symbol, and it's two teardrops that form a circle. And then within each teardrop, there's a, well, there's a white teardrop and a black teardrop. And in the black teardrop, there's a dot of white. And in the white teardrop, there's a dot of black. So this is a representation of the entire universe as this, uh, it's a graphic of this duality of black and white, because as humans, we start to look and categorize things as this is yin, or this is white, or this is yang, or this is black, or 
this is mine and this is yours, or she's old and he's young. So this is how we automatically start to categorize the world. So it's just that concept of looking at it. But the truth of the matter is once you start to look at it, those two things are not separate. They work together and one cannot exist without the other. And, and how this works in a practical way in feng shui mm -hmm. is that we, one, begin to see that our environment is not separate from ourselves, like our inner environment and, and our outer environment work together, just like yin and yang. So the outer environment might be yang and the inner environment might be yin. But those two things are inter interdependent. And that's all, that's what feng shui is about, that everything you do in your home represents you and affects you and symbolizes you and everything you do in yourself can be seen in your home. Yeah. One can't exist without the other. And it also gets you thinking about the kind of space you have, the function of your space by, you know, looking at something that might be more yang or looking at something that might be more yin, but knowing, always knowing that there is nothing that is 100% yang and there is nothing that is 100% yin. Well, there is, it's called being dead 100% yin, but, <laughs> but even in that there's, you know, there's fractions and microcosms and macrocosms of the whole thing. But the key takeaway here is it's about balance. And it's about understanding that things are always in flux and there's always this sort of coming into yang, moving into yin, this constant cycle of this balance. And that was good, yeah. Angie. Yeah. Yeah. And in a very practical application, it'd be like, well, you don't want to be around too many yin spaces if you're a living, breathing human being. So if mm -hmm. you lived in a cemetery, you would be living in a yin location that wouldn't be so conducive for your for you as a living person. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do Bagua. Okay? Okay. Okay, so the Bagua, you've probably heard us talk about that uh, about 100 million times. So the Bagua is a map, for lack of a better word. It's a system or a method that we use as practitioners to examine a space. But it's not just for your home. You can use it for many applications. And it's based on ancient, ancient practices and concepts coming out of the I Ching and it ends up creating eight areas plus the center. So there are eight distinct areas, and these areas are called guas, and they are always in the same order and the same configuration, and in the middle is the tai chi, which is the center. And we take this grid and this map, and we stretch it over, metaphysically stretch it <laughs> over a house, a floor plan, a lot, a face, car, a country, you name it. We stretch it over. And then we find out based on how we place it from the tools that we've learned in our practice, we can read and divine things about someone's life. We can get insights into what might be happening because each of those nine areas and those eight guas have so many meanings associated with them and symbolism and depth that as practitioners, when we learn in this constant, we're constantly learning in this practice, that there are so many layers and nuances. And it's being able to see something that's happening in the real world, in the practical world, and being able to reference back to those metaphysical understanding of the guas and the bagua itself, and that helps us see patterns and understand our clients and ourselves better. Very that's good. Fun. There I you go. You Thank you. Chiching. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, gold star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do 
the five elements then? Okay, cool. Okay. The five elements is also a key feng shui basic that all the different schools of feng shui, which Laura will get into next, incorporate. They also, all the schools of feng shui also use the Bagua map, but in different applications. So the five elements also comes from the Taoist system. It is very simply, it's the basic elements of life. And the five elements are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Now, this comes with understanding that lots of different ancient peoples developed and focus on different elements. So, you know, there's a more Native American, indigenous peoples elements. Those are four. There's the Ayurvedic or Vedic system, and there's the Tibetan system. So there's they're all are aiming to do similar things and they have a lot of commonalities. But in the Chinese system and in feng shui, we use the Chinese five elements, which is the fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And it's also something that's universally taught and used in many other systems like traditional Chinese medicine and also the I Ching again and so many different modalities. So... In feng shui, these five elements are more than just like, oh, the flame of a fire or the water in the water fountain. Although that's, that is one part of it. But these elements have universal energetic essences and they have their own nuances. And it's a way of further categorizing but understanding qi, understanding energy. And there's different ways that these elements support and control and feed each other. But it's a very interesting system to work at. You can even look at people and how the five elements come into play in their personalities or in their faces or in the way they dress or in their feng shui in their, their home. One of the easiest ways to work with the five elements is to just look at what element feels the most nourishing for you and then start to bring that into your life. Actually, I think, Laura, I think that would be a great future podcast. Like, you remember when I did that little questionnaire with, we described five different situations that you could be in and then the one you're, you would be most attracted to yeah. maybe the element that nourishes you the most. And then we can give examples of, of how, how, yeah, how you yeah, can do it. How yeah. to do it. Yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting system. And also the key, just like with yin and yang, is that ideally all of these elements are existing in, in your home or in your nature or in your body. Like for instance, you need all the five elements to survive. Like fire can be, you need sunlight, Earth can be you need a place like a home or you need a stability in your life. Metal could be the minerals that you need for your body to function. And water is we need hydration and movement. And wood is also movement too. So there's a lot of nuances to this. And um, maybe for those of you familiar with Chinese medicine, it's a system that's used throughout many of the, um, of the arts. And once you figure out and learn the system, it, it really opens, like opens everything up and it really becomes powerful. Yeah. Okay. So last one we're going to talk about in terms of a basic is the idea that feng shui has many different approaches, perspectives, and sometimes what we call schools. So there are many different schools of feng shui. 
And this just means many different ways to approach it and perspectives. There are dozens of schools and Angie and I practice a school called Black Sect. There are ones that are called The Compass, there's Flying Star, there's Pyramid, there's Form School, and that's just, you know, and then there's more within those that branch out. Like Western. So Western uh, is different. Western is different from Black Sect, just so you know, they're two different schools. And so each of these schools has their own, they use, there's a lot of things that are the same. So there's a lot of universal things about them. You know, the concepts of five, actually most of these basics that we're talking about are consistent through the schools. The other thing, you know, you, you have to understand is they all want the same thing for the practice all wants the same thing. So I like to think of it as kind of like yoga. So we all know that there are many, well, maybe we don't all know, but people that practice yoga know there are many different styles and types of yoga, many different lineages, many different ways to practice it, from Iyengar to Kundalini to you know Ashtanga. They're all fundamentally similar and they all want to do the same thing. And that is to allow us to become more present through our uh, linking the connection of mind and body. So there is that consistency. And I would say the same thing applies for feng shui. So we encourage all of you out there to explore different approaches and to know, we often get this question, well, how do you know one school is better than the other or which one I should follow? And it always comes down to what resonates with you. And I think it comes down to the teacher because you should be learning from somebody if you, are, if you do want to study it at a, at a deeper level. And really being able to connect with that teacher is important. And because that teacher comes from a lineage, a particular lineage and a particular school. So that's, do you have anything else to add on that? Um. No, I would just close to say there's that Buddhist story, and this is about different schools of Buddhism, actually, but it applies to this as well. There's a story of the blind men and the elephant. So there were several blind men, and they were asked to describe this elephant. So there's one elephant, and there's, there's like all these blind men around the elephant, and they're asked to describe this elephant. So one blind man was holding the elephant's tail. And that man said, oh, well, you know, an elephant is really thin and, and like a cord. And then another blind man said, he was touching the body, the side of the elephant. And he said, well, I feel like it's a little bit lumpy and like a wall, like a leathery wall. And then another, you know, another one was touching a tusk. Oh, it feels like, like a horn, you know? So there's all these different aspects of feng shui and all these different schools of feng shui that have different approaches. There all, all of these blind men were still describing parts of the elephant. However, we hope that with whatever school you decide to study with, and if you're listening to us, maybe you're interested in the BTB school, because we only teach from the BTB perspective, but you want to be able to approach it so you're seeing the whole elephant. And also to know that no one's describing the elephant in a wrong way. They're just describing different parts of the elephant. So that's yeah. the elephant I like story. that analogy. Very yeah. good. Although, of course, we always, Laura and I are not blind and we're talking about the whole elephant we can see. <laughs> see the whole elephant. Yeah. Well, it's about taking off your sunglasses and being able to see the whole elephant. That's really what it comes down to. Awareness. It's coming back to becoming aware. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
becoming mindfully and, and mindful and aware. Okay. So I think that's good. So we got five different areas. We got chi, bagua, yin, yang, the five elements and different schools of feng shui. Yes. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Tune in the second and fourth Mondays of every month for a new podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.